Hi, everyone. This is Bree from the editing room. Um, when Marcus and I originally got together, we decided to pick this topic as his full-length episode, um, which isn't scheduled till the end of May. Um, but after chatting for a little while, we decided to make a second episode um, so that this one could come out um, early and bring comfort to those who need it. Um, so this is kind of like a bonus episode for those in quarantine, which pretty sure is all of us, um, but particularly those who are struggling um, with sobriety, um, disordered eating, um, sort of maybe even just feeling alone during this time. Wanting to remind you that we are thinking of you. We hope that you are finding grace and peace in this time um, and encouraging you to reach out to supports, um, either people you know or groups online um, or ways to make different um, connection at this time. Um, but yeah, I hope y'all enjoy this and then I will catch you later this week for our regularly scheduled episode. Thanks. Trying to make it right, these people won't let me go. I'm just trying to live my life. I just need space to grow. I'm just trying to make it right, these people won't let me go. Let me grow, let me go. Let me grow, let me go. They should know, they should know. They should know, they should know. I'm just trying to live my life. I just need space to grow. I'm just trying to make it. Welcome to the Tea with Brie. I'm your host, Brie. Thanks for listening. The Tea with Brie podcast is focused on deep, honest, and vulnerable conversation. Each week, I sit down with a different guest in order to have those conversations. Every week, we'll start with my guest's bio, an intro into how we know each other, and then we'll go into a deep dive conversation about whatever topic they want to bring to me that week. This week, I am joined by my guest, Marcus Sanchez. Marcus Sanchez uses he, him pronouns, is a queer Latinx creative when he is not working his day job. Hello, friend. Hey, Bray. Thanks Hi. for having me. Of course. Thank you for, for joining via Zoom during COVID. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I've been fortunate enough to be able to continue. And so I saw that you were scheduled for like, like the studio during like May and I was like, no, we have to make it work. So here we are. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we did. I know we were just joking too. I, I I feel like I keep running into technical issues, but like I should really have this down by now and this new Zoom way of life. But um, you know, it's also like half a coffee, cup of coffee in, so we'll get yeah. there. I've been telling people there's no rules during quarantine, so <laughs> <laughs> figuring it out. We're all having grace for each other. It's gonna be fine. Great. Um, so I always like to tell people how I've met my guest. And so you and I met two years ago when I started at Out Youth, I think. That sounds right. Yeah. I and think so. here we are. Marcus was my work husband who I didn't actually work with. And it was great. <laughs> <laughs> we got to do some partnerships. I know. It was just funny because like, I was like, your work husband doesn't work at your company. I'm like, yes, but we partner a lot. So I feel like <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> like, let me it's live. 
it's a very fluid work relationship right it's like we we see each other we see each other we make it work (laughs) (laughs) yeah um so yeah let's let's talk about this topic you picked today because i i think it's a good one and and very fitting for the times that we're all dealing with right now yeah um i was thinking you know you mentioned earlier we started you know talking and planning earlier on and um you know i was originally thinking of something else and then this morning started thinking again so i'm sorry i threw a curveball at you um (laughs) i love it but it's something that's really been um you know important to me lately and i know to others and it's um um being so isolation uh i don't talk about it a lot a lot of people who know me know i'm in recovery um um, but I know there's like a lot of people who um, struggle with isolation and isolation is a big trigger for um, addiction. So um, I would love to like share some experience and some some light on some of this um, on this topic. Yeah, I think that's a great one. I, I think about a lot of friends right now who like typically don't drink, but like right now there's like like what else do I do and I'm like well there's a lot of other things to do but I'm also like trying to give that space so like if that's what's gonna like help you right now I also get that but yeah no I think this is a a great topic because like you're saying a lot of people aren't talking about it really and then like with everyone having the social distance like how are yeah like having the meetings and going and talking to people and reaching out for those who are in recovery so yeah I mean give us a little bit of your of your story if you would like sure um but first, yes, like for sober people, it is like crazy, <laughs> like um, with the new quarantine rules. Like I remember thinking when it's like, what? You can pick up alcohol from a restaurant now? <laughs> you can get that shit delivered? But yeah, mm-hmm. it's um, it's um, um, pretty funny, though, now to think about it. Because uh, our brain still works that way. Um, I think for me, um, I've been sober for a little while now and have been in um, recovery longer relapse has been part of my story um but um drinking and um substance use has always been around me uh, i grew up in a uh, alcoholic home um my dad was a drinker um and he's sober today i'm very grateful for that um but i remember just growing up in that and so for me it was something that um felt normal um and i think the first time and and I'll start by saying too that um, I, when I say recovery, I I I uh, am a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, different people get sober in different ways, so I'm not you know advocating for one over the other. Um, it's just what works for me. Um, but I remember when I first started working in that program, um, when I worked at my first one, uh, one thing that was pointed out to me. Um, my comfort is in chaos so i would have a tendency to really um you know just burn everything down around me and my and my drinking and using and um and it was pointed out that that's just what i was used to that was my normal so being in chaos like that's where i felt comfortable Mm. Uh, i found myself it's like that's what i attracted that's what i was to um and so uh first got so things sort of like got to quote unquote normal, like it was very uncomfortable for me. Um, and I think for me, it's taking a long time and working the steps to really uh, address a lot of things that that were my normal and getting used to mostly just uh, 
loving myself and letting other people love me. Um, and that was like a huge um, milestone for me that I, I, I got to experience uh, in recovery and sobriety. Um, but today I'm, you know, I, I'm happy and comfortable and my skin and, um, you know, I'm, I'm married. I have dogs. It's like things that I didn't think were possible years ago. Um, and I think today, like it's, I've been thinking about it because I also know a lot of people who are struggling right now, you know, fortunately, a lot of groups do have, um, virtual meetings, able to stay connected with people, but it's, it's different when you don't have um that human connection in in actual rooms um so i unfortunately uh have been hearing you know of, of folks and not being able to get a, other folks um who've gone back out and are in their addictions and um it's just been something i've been thinking about because i think that when we look at the numbers related to um covid i i think you know we're losing people to addiction right now too you know they don't have coronavirus necessarily but it's directly related to the isolation that's come with it yeah mm, yeah well one thank you for sharing that that was very powerful <laughs> um and two i mean yeah i mean i've never had to deal with an addiction but a friend of mine and i were talking the other day about like how, you know, people who are relapsing back into to using, um, both my friend and I both suffer from eating disorders. And so we were talking about that the other day on our phone call and how like right now being in isolation is re like triggering that in a lot of people. It's like this thing of control, right? Like you just feel like it's, it's very easy to slip back into things that you quote unquote know or you know quote unquote bought you comfort in a time of like unknowing so like that's like really what's sticking out in my brain of like we have no control of like being able to go outside anymore we can't like hug the people we're used to seeing every day those of us who like live alone have no human contact like yeah so I mean my I just I've been thinking about that a lot lately of like what is what are social services going to look like? What's connection going to look like? How are we going to like help these people who are going through these things? Or like, how do people who are going through this like find help and reach out and do all those sort of things? Because like, like you're saying, it's mostly the news around the virus and not like all these like tangential things that are happening because of us having to stay indoors. So yeah, I mean, not that I have an answer for that. It's just- it's, right. I mean, who does? Like in my mind. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's so true. Um, you know, I feel like isms and all these, you know, things we have about us are just being triggered and, you know, ignited. And, um, um, and you know, fortunately, there's like healthy tools and things that we can do to manage those feelings. Um, but there's a lot of people that don't have that or it's just harder um, in isolation to tap into that stuff. Like, you know, I myself am creative. And I was one of those that like, oh my God, I'm going to pick up so many new hobbies. Um, and I will, I'm looking into one that I will probably start next week. Um, but it's like most days I just want to do nothing. Like I think for me, work has still been busy. Um, and so I feel like I'm home all the day. The scenery is the same. I'm not getting a little, like a lot of outside stimulation and motivation. Um, so like my inspiration that like drives those creative processes aren't always there. Um, 
so I don't know. Yeah, it's a challenge. So it's a weird, funky place to be in. And some days are great. And some days are just like, ugh. But um, definitely I haven't had to you know, drink or use again. And, um, and um, yeah, and so I just, you know, I feel like, I think I mentioned earlier, like it, this is not something I talk about a lot. I think people who really know me know this part of me um, or that are closer to me. I've been more vocal about it. Um, you know, at work and in other places where I can have um, more influence around people who struggle with these issues, um, just to be visibility and to fight stigma, it's, you know, really interesting. I work in uh, sexual health and we talk about stigma related to HIV a lot. And um, I, um, addiction is another big epidemic that affects uh, LGBTQIA plus people at a disproportional rate. And, um, and there's a lot of stigma associated with that too. So I feel like it's been important lately to talk about it and, and be a representation and what it can look like. Um, and hopefully to bring some sort of hope um, and normalcy to it. Um, so yeah, that's just been weighing on me lately. And I'm, I'm glad that you know you have this as a platform and we can talk about it openly and honestly. Because um, yeah, I think there are people that that need to hear this conversation and need to have it. Yeah. I also think about like a, a couple months ago, a friend and I were saying like, so let me back this up. There are times when I'm just like, I'm not going to drink this month just because like I need a reset or like for me, like I can go out and not drink. Like that's been me for a very long time. Um, but a friend and I were talking cause he too was like, I'm not going to drink this month with you. It's like, okay. So we were, we were doing like, not an experiment, but we were like looking at all the options of like all like the queer like bars and locations that you can go to, but like almost all of them have alcohol there. And so there's also that too of like, I feel like being in queer spaces, it's also really hard to be sober. Like from what I've heard from other people of like a lot of our social interactions as humans period around alcohol and food, but also like in queer culture, like everything is like most queer establishments are bars. Like you don't like, let's just go to the queer like coffee shop. Like that's not something people usually say. It's like, let's go to the gay bars. Um, so I also have been thinking, you know, when you pick this topic too, of like how does sobriety affect LGBTQIA folks and like, how are we combating to make sure that we're making our spaces, you know, accessible to those who are uh, dealing with addiction and, you know, trying to remain sober. And then also like, trying to like show the next generation of LGBTQIA folks that you don't have to drink to like go out and have fun and like be here. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know where I'm going with that, but that's, that's usually like, that's something that's really big on my mind. And like, especially with having worked at out youth and working with the youth there who like get older and they like turn 18, 19, 20 and like, Hey, like, where can I go? And I'm like, well, you can't go to any of the bars. So they all serve alcohol. Like there's not <laughs> a sober mm-hmm. venue for young LGBTQA folks to go in this city to my knowledge um but yeah I mean thinking about that too right around like once we do like get back and we're, we're allowed to go back outside of I think we really need to us as a society look at you know other options besides just like having alcohol and all the things that we do yeah I agree and um and I wasn't really thinking about like you know uh, I've thought of a lot too I'm glad you made the point of like you know how are we showing younger generations that, you know, they don't have to go out and drink or go to a bar to connect with their community. And unfortunately, like that's where our communities are. 
Um, and even like, you know, we've both been a nonprofit or done nonprofit work for a while. Like we know too, like even events through nonprofits are very <laughs> much centered around, yeah. um, have some drinks, make some donations, you know, um, buy some silent auction items. Um, and I know for me at work, like I've definitely been pushing like, um, um, like sober spaces and making sure that we have like mocktail options. Oh. Um, that's more than just like coffee and water. You know, anytime I do anything around events, it's like, you know, we have to have mocktail options and give them just as many op drinks, op drink options as, you know, our alcoholic beverages. Um, Cause I feel, I feel like we exclude sober people sometimes Absolutely. when we push our events with, with alcohol. Um, like, you know, your ticket gets you this many free drinks. Um, that's not appealing to everyone, people who don't drink. So, um, really making sure they feel included and comfortable. Cause I think a lot of times too, if like, I, I, I don't feel this, for, um, and, and it's, it's, I think a little more than stigma. It's just like, I sometimes want people to feel comfortable around me. I don't always tell people that I'm not drinking just because it's like, they feel uncomfortable. They're like, Aww. Oh, can I drink? Or why don't you drink? Or what's going on um or i've had to say like oh i'm on an antibiotic or something just because i don't want to go yeah. into the conversation um but having like spaces that have like drink options for people it's like you know they're getting to hold a drink that looks just like someone who's holding an alcoholic drink so someone's not coming over trying to push a drink in your hand and like here have a drink let me get you a drink and um because that's very much a thing too but yeah yeah i, I think thinking of like sober spaces for queer people is really cool and you know i think a lot of it is just got to be like community activation. I know different groups do different meetups, but, um, you know, we don't, I, I don't hear about them a lot or often, especially now, you know, who knows what's going on, but, um, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, definitely something that I think affects our community and communities at like a, a larger rate than our counterparts. But, um, you know, it's like, where do we make that and um you know integrate a different or normal way for um for us all to kind of interact yeah and like that push <laughs> i always think about that too like i when i like when i don't drink or like i'm out with friends and like it's the thing of like you're fine right like i'm like i'm here i'm having a good time i don't need to be drinking but i think it like you're saying it makes people uncomfortable like when they are around people who aren't drinking because they're like well lot like it's that like that prying into it um so i was thinking of that too like there people can just say no and you can still do what you want to do and we can keep it moving but yeah i mean i i, I for sure would be am interested in seeing um what the how covid will change social aspects for people um mm -hmm. what you know our interactions are going to look like when we're allowed to go back out or you know the people who have decided like now's the time I don't want to drink anymore or what have you like yeah I mean I think there's a lot of this space too like people are like well if you're not doing x y and z during covid you're like wasting time or being lazy and you're just like there are people who are just like trying to get by day to day right now um so yeah. also like that pressure too like letting people know that you know we're gonna stumble we're gonna fall things are gonna happen um but then you know then you know there's also this this space to like have a lot of grace with yourself and others and know that like there's no answers and we've all never been here before um and we're all just trying to figure it out so yeah 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 
it's a very interesting time and I think it will continue to be post all of this. Yeah. Um, so we wanted to release this sort of mini bonus episode to let y'all know that we hope you're doing well. We hope you're taking care of yourself. Um, if there are days when you do more things and days you do less thing, days you, where you do less things, that's totally okay. Um, reach out to people if you need someone to talk to. I will try to find some resources and links and I'll be sure to link them in the show notes. Um, Marcus, thank you for having this conversation and you know bringing this to my mind. Um, and I will be sure to link all your info as well. Um, and then we'll talk to y'all next week. Thanks.